0: Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause that FAN has been proud to support for over 24 years, and in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more.
1: Before I get to my next guest, Billy Mayfair, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Strixon. Your best performance starts with the right golf ball. At Strixon, a global leader in golf ball technology and innovation, Strixon offers a wide variety of award-winning golf balls for golfers of every skill level. Whether you're searching for a tour performance golf ball or a distance golf ball with incredible feel, Strixon provides the best golf balls at incredible prices. Strixon offers a wide variety of personalized options while also developing a highly visible colored golf ball as well. Select the right golf ball for your game today and trust it with Shrixon. Check them out online at Shrixon.com. S-R-I-X-O-N.com. Find the right golf ball for your game today. All right, now joining me here on Next on the Tee is Champions Tour Pro Billy Mayfair. Let me give you some background on Billy. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. By age 15, he had become such a great junior player the Boys Life magazine featured him on the cover. played his college golf at Arizona State, where his 1986-87 scoring average of 70.59 is still among the best in school history. He won the 1986 U.S. Amateur Public Links Tournament. In 1987, he won the U.S. Amateur by beating Eric Redmond 4-3 and at Jupiter Hills Golf Club. And he won back-to-back Pacific Coast Amateur Championships in 1987 and 88. In 87, he won the Haskins Award for being the nation's best collegiate golfer. He turned pro in 1988, and he won five times out on the PGA Tour. The first one coming at the 1993 Greater Milwaukee Open. Then twice in 1995 at the Western Open and the Tour Championship, which was played that year at Southern Hills Country Club. Won twice again in 1998 at the Nissan Open when he became the only player to ever defeat Tiger Woods in a playoff. He won again later that year at the Buick Open. Billy has also finished second 19 times on the regular and Champions Tours combined. He's had 90 top 10s and 232 top 25. Today, the Arizona Golf Association presents the Billy Mayfair Trophy for the local player with the lowest weighted scoring average. And I'm excited he is with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Billy, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Hey, Chris, thank you so much for having me. I've really been thrilled. and looking forward to this.
1: I appreciate you very much. So, Billy, uh, let's start by going all the way back to the beginning. As a kid growing up in Phoenix, who was the one that sparked <laughs> your love for the game?
2: Uh, you know, I used, to, I used to love to go out to the Phoenix Open when it was at the Old Phoenix Country Club and, and watch the guys play and, and how well they hit it on the range and all that. And I and I really fell in love with guys like Miller Barber Miller Barber, uh Gene Littler, uh Tom Weisskopf, Johnny Miller. Uh those are the guys I kinda looked up to. But uh, you know, growing up you know, it was Jack. I mean, every time Jack got in contention, the look, the 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 swag, the the golf swing and just the way he putted and just made putts, I mean, he he was my idol growing up. And uh I fortunately have gotten a few times to play with him and, and be around him and and it's a thrill, but growing up, it was Jack Nicholas for me.
1: So Billy, to your point, when when you get your first opportunity to go play with your idol, what's that like? <laughs> what's going through your mind? What's going through your stomach? How do you how do you you know, draw it back when your when your idol is right there watching you play? It's
2: it's hard. It's hard. You know he's watching in, and he's critiquing you and all that. And I was fortunate enough uh, a while back while I was in college that. Uh, I got to open up one of the golf courses up at Desert Mountain with Jack and got to play with him in a twosome and, and with a lot of people around. And uh, uh, I didn't sleep very much the night before, let's just say that. I've, I've been in a lot of pressure situations, but that might have been one of the top five right there for sure. But, you know, Jack was, was wonderful to me. He made me relax. We had a great time. And actually, after the after, after the exhibition, we sat around and ate brownies and Coke for, uh, for about uh, two hours disgusting stuff and that was that was the time of my life right there
1: no doubt yeah so billy was arizona state always the place you wanted to play your college golf because you were such a great junior player i have to imagine every country around the or every school around the country was recruiting you
2: yeah i i got a lot of a lot of a lot of offers i think i had something close to about 20 25 different offers from all around and narrowed it down to about two or three but um the two things that really made my decision to go to Arizona state was one, obviously my, my instructor, Arch Watkins, uh, was right there. Um, so I, I, I got to always have him in my backyard and two, I, I knew all the golf courses there in Arizona. I knew the ones we were going to qualify on and all that. So, and it was just a, like, a home field advantage for me. So it, and, and of course the weather too, but, um, it, it was, it was a hard decision, but it was, um, it was it was it was great. I I know I made the right decisions. A lot of guys go to college and they make the wrong decisions where they go, but I made the right decision to go to Arizona State.
1: Billy, when I was doing the research for you coming on tonight, I, you know, I went back and I looked at the '87 U.S. Amateur and I looked at a lot of the U.S.G.A. tournaments that you played in the Opens and whatnot, and and you made a bunch of pars and a couple of birdies coming down the stretch at the '87 U.S. Amateur, which I. Think is indicative of your style in USGA events. No big numbers. Mm-hmm. Par is usually a really good score to USGA events. Was patience your strategy then and when you were playing in USGA events? Kind of let your opponents make the mistakes. Well,
2: yeah, kind of. I, I, I never, you know, growing up even in college when I was, I, I never really hit the ball all that far. I hit it really, really straight. Uh, I hit a lot of good iron shots and, and and putted very well. So when you have that formula. Um, you know, there's days you're going to make some putts or not, but you know, I just, I had a formula where I, I, when the USGA came along and they were hard, hard golf courses, I got the ball in the fairway, I hit it in the right spots of the green, and you know, if I didn't make the birdie putt, I made the par, and and in match play, you can win a lot of holes with par, so, and you know, even when I was low amateur at the uh, Brookline in in, um, in, uh, 87, uh, when Curtis won, uh, it was another golf course, I finished two over par for the week, and Um, you know, just made a lot of, hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens, and made a lot of pars.
1: And Billy, going back to your days at Arizona State, a lot of great players have come out of ASU. Mm -hmm. You, Phil Mickelson, John Rahm, Paul Casey, Pat Perez, Howard Twitty, Bob Gilder, Joanne Carner, Tom Percher, who's become a wonderful friend of the show, and I could go on and on. Talk about the rich golf history at Arizona State.
2: Well, we do. You know, kind of growing up in the Valley, I got you know, see a lot of it, you know, firsthand and go to the tournaments. And I remember watching, you know, Corey Pavin, you know, he played at UCLA, but I remember watching Howard Twitty and Pertzer. And, you know, when they were playing at ASU, I was young enough to kind of go out there and watch them play. And, 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 and uh, even when I wasn't in college yet, I'd be out at Papago where they were practicing and kind of got to see everyone out there and be around it and all that. So uh, it's it's a rich history. I'm very proud to be a Sun Devil. Uh and I think the tradition keeps on continuing. I think they're doing a great job there now. And, and uh, but college golf, as you know, Chris, college golf is the since you know, when I went to school. So uh, there's a lot of programs out there that we never heard of that now are top notch just because of the facilities and all that. But uh, I was real proud to be a Sun Devil and I enjoyed it. And, and, and to be part of the heritage and the tradition there is is an honor for me.
1: Billy, like I mentioned in your intro. You're the only player to ever beat Tiger Woods in a playoff. Knowing you're the only one to do it has got to bring a smile to your face every time someone like me reminds you about it. Talk about what that meant to you and now being able to reflect back on it, how much that brings a smile to your face even to this day.
2: It does right now. Even when you said it in the intro, when you said it now, it just brings a huge smile to my face. It was, you know, at the time when I beat him in the playoff, you know, you never realize what it all means and all that, and then, you know, as time went along, and, and Tiger's done what he's done just phenomenally out there and, and all that, but I, I mean, one of the funny stories I'll tell you, that we were at a tournament not too long ago, and, you know, I was sitting there eating lunch, and Tiger came down and, and sat next to me, and he said, you know, uh, I hope you don't mind me sitting with me. I, I, you're the only one I can not intimidate. So, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's always nice, and, and, and like I said, Tiger's such a class act, and, and he handles things very well, and and you know you learn a true champion not by when he wins but when he loses and that's what i guess i learned the most from tiger woods he got i i beat him but he handled the loss so well and, and treated me so well afterwards and and all through my career uh i respect the guy more because i beat him than for what he's done winning you know
1: and billy is the opposite side of that coin i imagine the the 95 phoenix open when you finish second to to vj to be so close in what had to be a home game for you. I, I imagine it's a, a different kind of pressure trying to bring home a win in front of the home crowd than if mm-hmm. you're trying to win somewhere else. What, what do you remember about that week?
2: Well, I, I, I remember I was struggling in the first part of the week and kind of found a golf swing coming on, you know, about Thursday and, and just really played well and handled the pressure and the crowds very, very well. And, uh I made a good pin down on 18 out of the bunker to to get in the playoff. And and in the playoff, I I hit it left of the green and decided to chip it because there was a sprinkler head there. And it's funny, I was out at TPC Scottsdale a few weeks ago, and I stood there in the same spot on 18 and and still think about should I have putted it or should I have chipped it. So um, it's been a long time, and and I I still kick myself for letting that one get by me.
1: You also nearly won your first ever event, Out on the Champions Tour, the 2016 U.S. Senior Open at Sayoto Country Club. You finished tied for second that week, one behind Gene Sowers. And you were one of only four players to finish under par that week. Very nearly made a hole-in-one on the ninth hole in the final round, which probably wins that golf tournament for you. What do you remember about that week in that shot?
2: Well, it it was a great week. I was fortunate enough to get to play in the U.S. Senior. They had to move it back because of the Olympics. Uh, so which made it back in August, which allowed me to turn 50, so I could play in it. And and I had played Siota before; I knew the golf course very well uh, because Jack's being there and all that. But um, I, I was just so happy to be out on the Champions Tour. I was happy to be not only on the Champions Tour to, to play in a U.S. Open and a U.S. Open at Scioto. Um It was just exciting, and I and I prepared very hard. I I flew back early, played the golf course. Uh, I was ready for that tournament, and. Um, like you said, a few more putts or one putt, where one shot goes in the hole, you know we could have got that win. But you know it was it was a good start to to the Champions Tour career.
1: And hey, Billy, this is your sixth year out there, I believe, out on the Champions Tour. And and when I talk mm-hmm. to your peers, they talk about it being probably more fun than playing out on the regular tour. I mean, you still want to beat the brain, you know, the brains out of the guys you're playing against starting on Friday. But you get to play against the guys you competed against for years. Is it more mm-hmm. fun for you out there on the Champions Tour than it was on the regular tour?
2: Yeah, it was, it's a lot less stressful. I mean, there's only three days instead of four. Uh, you know all the guys in the field. There will be a field anywhere from 78 guys to 80. Uh, and you probably know every guy in the field. And have played with him at some time or another. And, um, yes, we're very competitive out there. And we still all want to play well and all that. But the nice part, too, is after the roundup, to sit in the locker room and, and, and everyone kind of talk still and, and and tell old stories and, and all that. Um, that, that's probably one of the most fun we have out there in the Champions Tour is what, when we all get to talk to each other in the locker room.
1: Billy, I saw your driving distance. You're averaging 274 yards so far this year. You You averaged 278 last year. How different is that from how far you drove it when you were playing in college and when you first came out on the PGA Tour?
2: Well, actually, actually, Chris, I think I hit it further now uh, than I did when I was uh, on on the big tour. Uh, sometimes when uh, they've moved some tees back and made them, I still hit it in the same spot, even though we're another 20 yards further back. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the equipment, obviously the drivers and the golf ball. But uh, my wife has been very strict with me to, to stay in good shape and to work out and to stay healthy and uh, so that we can play for a long time. I'd love to play on the Champions Tour until I'm 60, 61 years old. and uh, but I know that I, in order to do that, i got to be competitive. And all i got to look at someone's like Bernhard Langer and how good a, good a shape he's in all the time. But um, I, I, like I said, I think a little bit has to do with the equipment and all that. But I've, I've been really hard. I've been mean, working hard to stay in good shape. So I think that helps it too,
1: the distance. Billy, when I look back over your playing career and I zero in on your putting style, it's had an evolution to it. Talk about how your putting stroke has evolved over the years.
2: <laughs> well uh i i think the i think the great uh quote by uh, gary mccordy used to call it the rockabilly and to me when i stroked the putt before with a shorter putter it looked straight back and straight through to me but obviously when the camera got hold of it it was different sometimes my practice strokes were just perfect back and through and then when i would hit the actual putt it was a different type of stroke um I think my eyes, Then I've learned to, to train my eyes a little bit different since then. And and there are times when I don't have good days of putting. I wish maybe I could go back to that rockabilly stroke every once in a while. But, uh, you know, it was something that, that worked every time. I I could do it consistently. And, and I, I know Tom was just on a minute ago talking about, you know, instructions and all that. And, and he would say the short game is the most important thing. But, you know, you just have to repeat that putter and repeat it and repeat it. And, and that's what I was able to do with that odd stroke.
1: And Billy, you're no stranger to battling health challenges. You successfully beat testicular cancer. Talk about how you were able to win that battle.
2: Well, it, it, you know, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, I was uh, my my wife and I were together, and uh, we we kind of noticed a, a large lump, you know, down 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 a little bit further than me, and and we got it looked at, and and we caught it while it was still encapsulized. We 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 we, we got it taken care of. I I was I uh, had to go through some uh, chemotherapy. And all that. But uh, knock on wood for eight years now, I've been clean and, and, and very happy. So I, I, the blessing for me, uh, yeah, 13 years, excuse me, 13 years, uh, that was that we got it, we caught it early. And uh, that's what I'm very blessed about, was that we caught the cancer early enough to, uh, to, ki- to kick it and uh, not affect my life too much.
1: And Billy, a couple of years ago, you also learned that you're on the autism spectrum. Talk about mm-hmm. being a high functioning yeah. person on that spectrum.
2: Well, this is something that's been, that, that obviously learning that you have autism at age 52 is kind of a, a shell shock, but it, it really helped me in my life and, 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 and making sense of a lot of things that I did uh, when I was younger, when I was, you know, in college, when I was going to college. And and um, it, it, it allowed me to make sense more of why I do the things that I do and, and, and why uh, golf has been such a great sport for me. Um, I think because of autism, I think it, that has actually helped me in my golf game. It's helped me focus better at times. But a lot of times I would wonder why I did certain things, and now that I know because of the autism, to I me, mean, why I did some of those things. But um, I think the biggest thrill for me is learning more about it and now getting a chance with my wife and I to help uh, people with autism, to help kids, to help their families, and to kind of give back a little bit uh, to help people with this uh, with this disease or this disability.
1: And Billy, you're such a wonderful speaker, and you do such great interviews. How did you and your wife come to the conclusion that you needed to get tested? Because
2: <laughs> she lives with me every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if, I, if you read most things on high-functioning autism, I mean, you and I talk or, you know, you see me every once in a while, you would never know it, but if you lived with me <laughs> – uh, I can be a little testy at times, and, and, and I realize that. But uh, my wife kind of caught on to it. She 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 thought, saw things. And then uh, after we were tested, it, it, it made a lot more sense to me and, and all that. But like I said, I'm very high-functioning. But it, 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 you would notice me a little bit different at times if you were around me a lot more,
1: I think. So, Billy, what's next for you this season? What's next up?
2: Well, we're we're home for a couple of weeks now, and uh, we we have a new tournament in uh, in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, on the Champions Tour. New golf course down there, Jack Nicklaus uh, designed, and we're anxious for that. That's about two weeks away, and then uh, we we kind of get the Champions Tour kind of gets in full swing. We got a new tournament down in Dallas, and, and of course Houston, and then our first major there in uh, 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 Alabama. So uh, the the Champions Tour is time to get going, and, and we're, we're anxious, and I and I'm looking forward to a
1: great year. So, Billy, how can our listeners stay up to date with you and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media?
2: I yeah, it's 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 yeah, to it's, to it's show up, uh, you know, I um I, I'm on Twitter quite a bit. I try to do a lot of things, and 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 uh, we have a we have a uh, Mayfair Family Foundation um, at outlook.com that people can and hook on if they're interested in, in more about uh, the autism uh, spectrum and, and our foundation. Um, but you know, I'm on social media, and, and uh, I, I love talking to people and, and doing a lot of neat things.
1: Well, Billy, it's been a thrill having you as part of the show tonight. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime. It's been a lot of fun. I'd like there's, there's so much more I'd like to get into with you about your career. Hopefully, we get that privilege of having you back.
2: Well, I hope so, Chris. Thank you so much. I've listened to your show many times. You do a great job, and as Tom said before me, uh, you, you're you're one of the best, and uh, and we. We as golfers really respect guys who respect us, and uh, that's hard. It's hard out there, especially in the world that we live in. And uh, thank you for always being such a good guy and and, and understanding and and doing a good job, yes. Thank
1: you. Well, well, I appreciate that very much, Billy. All the best to you and your wife. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, Chris. Take care. You too, Billy. That's a great Billy Mayfair. And, folks, you can follow him on Twitter. At B Mayfair Golf, you can find him there. Uh a lot of great stuff there tonight. Um Billy's a wonderful player and as you heard, a really great person. And uh we've only barely unpacked some of the stuff from his career, so I really look forward to having him back on the show again, like I say, hopefully real soon. Every
0: three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause that FAN has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Eldercare Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit nelsoneldercarelaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org slash Hero.